Miami, you'd say, well, he's in America. Yeah, but you go down there. I was down there with him uh, last year. Was it last year? Was the beginning of this year? Was it September? Has it been that long already? Wow. But anyways, uh, I mean, you get down there, it's all Cuban. You, you might as well be in Cuba at that point. Uh, and the ministry down there is to a, a group of people that come over from another place and have created a, a world down there. It's a third world country down there. Miami, Florida is one of the biggest ones in Dade County. I mean, it's huge. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, the people down there are totally different than you. And if you don't stop and think about it sometimes, uh, I believe a lot of people in this country can get saved. I believe a lot of people have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I don't have a problem with any of that. Uh, the problem I'm having is when you sit down and try to talk to somebody and get them a little bit closer to Jesus Christ, it's very difficult to do that when their mind is on all this new age stuff that comes out here, all the music and all the other stuff that comes along with it. They'll go to a church and they'll get salvation and they may get it. But the church itself will start moving them toward the world so fast that they won't let go of the things of the world. We came in on the way today and passed uh, Ankeny over here and the place is packed out. Little cheerleader girls running all over the ground. You say, oh, what's wrong with that? There's the problem. I mean, I've got to sit there and explain what's wrong with little girls running around with no clothes on. There's a problem there. I got to explain number two, why little girls are running around on a Wednesday night when they should be in church in Patch or they should be in Iwanas or they should be somewhere there. But they're not. The place was packed out. I'm sure all the other places are too. Uh, if they're teaching football, they teach. Then you got to talk about sports. Well, what's wrong with sports? Well, when it takes up your Sunday, when your church services have to be generated around that, when you have to start having church services that, that, that move you in that direction so people can feel comfortable in church, they're not comfortable with Jesus Christ anymore. And there's a problem. And he said it right there in his prayer letter, which I like it. Right there at the end, he goes, uh, uh, what's the, he said it somewhere there. I've seen it. I know he said it. Yeah, right here. It says, yes, the obstacles are many. Third, uh, the last, second paragraph to the end. He says, uh, the devil is deceiving, which is true, but with the power of God, the grace of God, and the spirit of God, we still believe. And what's wrong with this is the spirit of God is, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. Uh, we've left the Holy Spirit out of it. We say that we got him in it. That's what we say. But when it comes to actually looking at what the Holy Spirit does, you have to examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. You could be saved. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying there's more to it than just getting saved. And when the more you get to this thing and the more you start getting it, you'll start seeing the Holy Spirit dictates your life. I mean, Beth was talking today and, and uh, she, she said something. And uh, I said, well, I'm a Jacob. And, and, and she goes, yeah, you're a conniver, which is true. That's my wife talking about me. And you, you got to watch sometimes your characteristics will cause you to deceive other people to get what you want. That's not God. There's, God's nowhere near that. He never was nowhere near that. That's why it says abstain from all appearances of evil. Well, we don't like, what, well what's evil? Well, if you compare yourself to what the world has out there, uh, it's going to be very difficult to convince somebody that what they're doing is wrong. But if you start comparing yourself to the Bible... And what you're going to start seeing is you're going to see a group of men and women who are, are different than what we are today. Well, well, yeah, but we don't live 2,000 years ago. Well, we don't have to live 2,000 years ago. You can still live today and enjoy life today as you normally do. But you should live the life that God wants us to live. The Lord wants. How are you going to do that? How will you know when to cut your hair? I never tell anybody to cut their hair. I never tell anybody what to do, pretty much. I, do get a, I think if you're in position... 
and you're going to be behind this pulpit and you're going to be teaching or you're going to be preaching, I think you should have a jacket and a suit on just for sheer uh, sake of your appearance and your testimony for Jesus Christ. Everybody else, I cut people slack, man. I don't care. I've had people in this town saying, well, you go to Mike's church and Mike's going to make you wear a suit and tie. Well, I'm telling you what, if I took a picture and flipped it around right now, let you see it, you'll see that most people in this church do not have a suit and tie on. But yet people in this town says, well, Mike, no, I just think if you're going to step up here and say something for Jesus Christ, it ought to be different. You ought to look different. You ought to act different. You ought to think different. Than, okay, so how do you think? How can you possibly think different? you got to get God in it. So how do I get God in it? Well, you got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I believe? The Holy Spirit has to convict you of your sin. The, the, no man cometh unto the Father unless the Father bring him. You know how the Father brings him? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin. Jesus Christ did not come down, get in front of you, and say, you're a wicked sinner. No, that was the Holy Spirit did that. I've got verses here. I'll show you in a minute. The Holy Spirit comes down here and starts convicting you of sin. And then all of a sudden you realize you're a sinner. But who are you a sinner to? Not to President Biden. Not to Donald Trump. Not to anybody else. Not to our governor. You're a sinner to God. And you have to deal with that sin somehow. Sin comes in a variety of ways. Everybody likes to pick out everybody else's sin. But each, each and every one of us have our own sins. And you got to, for all have sinned and come short of glory to God. Have you ever figured that one out? Everybody's a sinner. If you say you're not a sinner, you're a liar. That makes you a sinner. Uh, so no matter how you look at it, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Holy Spirit intercedes. Let me go back to this. Uh, I had a couple. We stopped here. Man, we got into camp, and, and I got sidetracked. And next thing you know, we got something else and something else and something else. And, and then I lost half of my message here. 10, 11, 12. Let's see if I can find eight. Eight should be in here somewhere. I might have to make it all up. I don't know. But we can do some. We can do some making up. Three. What is this? I think I lost it. Anybody see any papers? You see any papers down there, Beth? My page eight is gone. Let's see where I got here. Nine. I'm looking for page eight. I don't know what I did with it. Well, hey, amen. So let's see, let's see. Yeah, we can. We already did all that anyways. The Holy Spirit intercedes. We were here last week, or the week before. He intercedes for us. In Romans 8.26, it says, The Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Uh, if, if, and a lot of people, like our, some of the church out there, they speak in tongues. Uh, Jews seek sign, the Greek seeks wisdom. Son, tongues were for a sign. So they'll sit out there and say stuff. And I was at a church one time, passing in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, out of Virginia Beach, and said, come by Thursday nights and we'll teach you how to speak in tongues. If you have to teach somebody how to speak in tongues, I might as well go take a Greek class or a Hebrew class or, or a German class or something else and learn how to actually speak in tongues. Uh, the correct way to speak in tongues is speaking, take your Bibles, go to Acts, Acts chapter 2. Real quick, I'll show you the correct way to speak in tongues. There is a correct way and there's an incorrect way. Acts 2, verse 6. Actually, go to 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when they, this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard uh, them speak in his own language. Now, 
I'm not, and you go to the next verse, verse eight, it gives you all the languages there that they heard him in. Uh, and what you're going to find out is you go to a lot of your charismatic churches, they'll speak in tongues. And nobody will understand they'll have an interpreter. So make sure you have an interpreter. That means you have to have somebody who can speak German. So if somebody gets up and starts talking German, I was in uh, Romania and I was speaking English and we had a Romanian interpreting. And he would interpret to the people what I said. The problem is, is that guy would interpret what he thought I said and he would make it up. And I'm like, Okay, I didn't know because I can't speak Romanian. I had a guy come up after the service and he goes, he goes, you preached one message. That guy could speak English and Romanian. And he goes, but we heard two. We heard your message and we heard his message. So what he did was whatever he believed, he translated it into what he thought. So if I believe baptism didn't save you and he did, he made sure the message got out that baptism saves you. Brethren, I'm telling you what, when, when the Holy Spirit did it here, they all heard clearly. Paul, Peter got up on, that, on the rooftop and started preaching out through there. And the Holy Spirit took what he said and flipped it around into all those languages and listened to it. What is wrong with us today is, brethren, we do everything. We do, we do it all. We do it all in the flesh. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, believe me, a suit and tie is flesh. That has nothing to do with God. The Lord never in your Bible anywhere told you to wear a suit and tie. Not one place did he ever wear you, tell you to wear a dress. Ladies, he never told you to do that. You know what we do? We make that up. We get it somewhere from somebody and they say, this is what you ought to do. Then we cling to that thing and now we try to make everybody else do that. That's not the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit is? My hair was down to here one time. I was sitting there, got saved. The Lord said, you need to quit drugs. Drugs went away. They never had to tell me to cut my hair. My hair started going away. They never had to tell me how to dress. My dress changed. I didn't need anybody to tell me what to do. I have a Bible sitting here, and I'm sitting there reading the thing. I told somebody the other day, I said, I just think everybody should. I thought everybody would get saved. I thought if you, you're lost and the gospel's presented to you, that you would just jump all over that thing and get saved. You know what I found out is they don't. You have to ask people sometimes. People don't want to let go of their past. They don't want to let go of their little things that they do because this is where their enjoyment's at. But they don't realize there's more enjoyment on this side than there ever was on that side. But they won't let go of that stuff. And they, then they, you offend and grieve the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Spirit itself making intercessions. I, don't, I, I woke up this morning praying. I woke up, just woke up praying about 4, 4 35 o'clock. My mind just is, I'm sitting there going, first, Lord, I'm a mess. I'm a, I'm a mess. Beth is right here next to me. She's asleep. She's a mess. I said, we're both a mess. I said, I'm a bigger mess than she's a bigger mess. Then she is a mess. I said, Lord, what do you, I, I said, how in the world could we, and then I started praying. I prayed for Miss Linda. I prayed for uh, uh, Brother Joe's got a cousin that passed away. And you start going through these things down through there, and you just start going, the Lord, the Holy Spirit knows how to flip that stuff over to God and get the right thing through. Sometimes you don't know how to pray. It says, the Spirit itself making intercessions for us with groaning. Go back to Romans 8.26, man. You want to get a verse here. You need to understand what the Holy Spirit does for you. And, and when you do, then you start stopping and you start thinking what you're doing. Because what you're doing can offend him easily and push him off to the side. Not that you're going to run him off, but, I mean, it could get to that point. Uh, Romans 8, Romans, uh, Romans, Romans, where's that right here? I had the verse here. Romans 8, 26. If you really want God in your life, and the question is, do you really want him in your life? That's the key to the whole thing. Why, why in the world would you come to church on a, on a Wednesday night? Well, because I bring my kids and they have this, they have that, and that. Why would you be here? 
I mean, really, if you're not here to learn something about him, that's what church is all about, is learning something. 26, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray. That's, that's what Paul is writing. That's the Apostle Paul. Uh, as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He, he goes to heaven and says things that you, you could not say at the throne of grace. He said, come boldly unto the throne of grace. But he still flips that thing over. You know what you should do is pray. Pray out of your heart to God as it is to God. Pray out of your heart as to God. The Holy Spirit knows exactly your, he searches the inner parts of your body. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows everything. See, brethren, the problem is, is he knows what you're thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. So when you get down with, don't be playing no games with him. There's where we, we play games. Well, I can get by. No, you can't get by with nothing. You may be able to, to shyster a lot of people around you. But you will not deceive Jesus Christ. You will not deceive the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it. He watches everything you do. He watches everything I do. And I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, I'm a, I'm a mess. And then, then you wonder, you go over and read Daniel when he's praying and, and Nehemiah. Them guys are always like, Lord, how messed up we are. We are, we are. And then my fathers, my country. Every, I mean, by the time they get to where they're really praying, they've done confessed just about every sin that could possibly be confessed in the whole world. Because you know why? They know that God sees this and they want God to know that I know that, hey, I know we're a mess and only you can help us. And what we continually try to do is do it ourselves and deceive other people. You should not have, your life should be an open book. It should be open in front of everybody. There should be nothing hid. If there's something hid, there's something wrong. Well, I'm just, I'm, no, 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 that's deception. I'm not, now wait a second, let me back that up. <laughs> I'm not telling everybody, if you're in the closet and you're a faggot, stay there. <laughs> Please do not come and tell me you're homosexual. If you do, I'm going to have some serious issues with that. But if you're struggling with, now I'm not saying it. No. See, you see how this thing, that we're in a world today that's insane. You can't hardly say anything. I've seen uh, Jenner, what's that, Bruce Jenner. Brucette Jenner? I don't know what her name is. Here's it, it, it. I've seen it on, she was going to tell Donald Trump what, what it thought. I don't even know what to call it. It, it, is it, it neuter? I have no idea, but anyways, I better get back to this. That's digressing. <laughs> Verse 27, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because, so you got a spirit inside of you. The day you got saved, your spirit came back to life. Adam and Eve ate the fruit, your spirit died. It said, in the day you eat that fruit, you shall surely die. So when Eve ate that fruit, something died in her. She did not physically die, so it wasn't her body and her soul stayed alive. Because uh, uh, Re uh, uh, Rachel, when she died, it said, and her soul was in departing. So when your soul leaves your body, you die. Your body dies physically. Your body cannot stay alive without the soul being inside of it. Your spirit can be dead. That's a lost person. When the Holy Spirit comes in, when a person trusts Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes back in and revives the spirit. So right here it says, Paul saying, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes in and communes with your spirit, and your spirit knows what, and it checks everything out, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good. So the Holy Spirit is the one that is actually communicating between you and God. The Lord made you with a communication factor when he brought that spirit back to life. Now the communications is open again. You know what your job and mine is? Is to keep that communications open. And not let it close down. Here's the problem. You got to say, well, I can do all things, but all things aren't expedient. All things may be lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things aren't exactly what God said do. 
all things may not be what, what will keep fellowship with me and God. It has nothing to do with the church. It has to do with you and Jesus Christ. I've been walking for 43 years. Can you do that? By yourself, on the middle of the ship, middle of the ocean, wherever God puts you, can you walk by yourself? Can you still go out and pass gospel tracts out any place on this planet? Will you still go up and tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Not just in your community, in your neighborhood. I'm talking about anywhere on this planet. When you're all alone with a thousand other people that hate God, can you stand there and take the ridicule from them people? If you've got the Holy Spirit on your side, you'll be able to do that. You know what he does? He teaches you how to do that. It's the Holy Spirit. I have been going through this thing, trying to get our church. Brother, I'm telling you what, there's churches out there all over the place. They bring a horse into church. Right down a pew, right down the aisle, a horse in, in God's house, in God's church. Why would you bring an animal right down the pew? Well, but it's for the children. Let's get a motorcycle to jump buses. What in the world does that have to do with anything in the Bible? Because first of all, you've got to have some wacko crazy nut on a motorcycle that's willing to jump the buses. Then you've got to line all the buses up so he can jump them. Then you've got to have a bunch of people to get together to watch it. And then we think God's in that. God's nowhere near that stuff. Yet we are deceived to think that he is and we're brought and we get all excited. Rodeo. I know a church that has rodeo in their church. Why, why would you have a rodeo? Why would the church push rodeo? That has nothing to do with God. There's a bunch of drunken bums. Have you ever, Wild Bill Hickok was a rodeo guy. That guy's the biggest drunk you've ever seen. Most of the people in the West were big drunks. When you come to the church, if you want to be like Peter, if you want to be like James and John, you look at their lives when they started, you look at it when they finished, and it cost them something to serve Jesus Christ. There's a cost associated with it. You can't get away from that cost, and you've got to pay it. Guess what? If you don't pay that, you're going to pay the other side. You're going to pay one side or the other. We have God. He making the intercession. So the Spirit itself making the intercession. So now, moving on. The further, the Holy Spirit testifies. He makes testifies. Go to John 15. And we're going to be here in John for just a little bit. John 15. Brother, I tell you what, man. This is, this is a crazy book. I like it. I think it's the greatest book in the whole wide world. Uh, it tells me stuff all the time I don't like. Uh, I don't like all kinds of stuff in here. I like to go do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I could probably find something else to do on a Wednesday night uh, instead of being in church. Uh, I could probably find something to do Monday through Friday instead of trying to fix this thing up. I could find all kinds of stuff to do. But I'm telling you what, if you're going to serve Jesus Christ, what you'll see is that mine's on the other side. I know over on the other side, I don't know quite what I'm going to get over there. I'm going to get what I deserve. That's what scares me. Uh, he's going to give me what I deserve. And so are you. You're going to get what you deserve. Now, that should scare you for a minute or two there because then you've got to stop and say, what exactly do I deserve? <laughs> uh, I don't deserve anything. I deserve help. John, John uh, 14, uh, John 14, uh, let me go over here. Go to 16, verse 16. Actually, go to 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, and this is what we always want, that will I do. Oh, see, I can ask anything. Get it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. There you go. There's a, there's a qualification. If you love me, you got to keep something. If you don't keep it, guess what? The antithesis of that is you don't love him. Now, the commandments are easy. Watch this. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So the lost world cannot receive this truth that he's getting ready to give you. Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it's the devil right there, man. 
Uh, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, <clears throat> for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So now, rightly dividing the scriptures. A lot of people don't ever rightly divide. They say, oh, well, I don't believe in rightly dividing. You guys are, are uh, uh, rightly dividers. You're crazy. Right here, Jesus Christ is still talking. Look at the way he worded that. Even the spirit of truth, verse 17, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you. With, not in, and shall be in you. When? After the cross. So the cross has, he told Peter, he said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I like that, Peter. He goes, where else should we go? You have the words of life. He goes, Peter, when, you, when you're converted, you're not right now, but when you're converted after I die on the cross, after I'm risen the third day of, 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 of Calvary, after I'm, the Calvary's over, the, the resurrection occurs, I'm going to open up a door to heaven. You can walk through that thing, and you're going to get converted over on that side. And when you do, strengthen your brother. You know what we're supposed to be doing is strengthening each other, not tearing each other down. If you tear somebody down in this crowd, pity you, man. I, I, I feel sorry for you. You're asking God to reach out of heaven and smack you in the middle of next week. That's exactly, that's why your life should be an open book in front of them. I have people I've dealt with before and they're not here no more. They didn't want their life exposed. Why? Wow, they're doing something sneaky and uh, Jacoby. I tell everybody all the time, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. Don't let me deceive you. Don't let me do something to you that's going to cause you a problem uh, let's keep everything wide open in front of us. Let's try to keep everything on the, on the up and up. Uh, my wife is a good example of that. I mean, she, she always, man, Lord gives you a woman or gives you a husband, keeps you out of trouble. You know why that does? Because you two are one, and sometimes she'll see stuff in my character that all of a sudden starts coming to the surface. She'll say, what about this? What about this? And she's just, nah, nah, nah. She's like that Proverbs over the dripping rain and stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's better to dwell in the corner of a house than with a, a brawling. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But that stuff comes. Oh, thank you very much. Not that I use this, but I need an IV where you can stick it in. My wife makes me drink. She says I need to drink more water. <clears throat> but thank you. But anyways, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit testifies. Here in, in John chapter of, uh, 14, 16, uh, he goes on, verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. Uh, yet a little while I'll, uh, the world seeth me. So the world is there. The world is looking at this stuff. So go to 16. Well, let's stop right there for a second. He, the, the Holy Spirit's job. Now here's the job. You hear me talk about the Holy Spirit. And like he's right there. He's right there. He's right here. He's right here with me. He, he intercedes for me. He talks to me. He does all this stuff. But the Holy Spirit's job is never to lift himself up. His job is always to point you to Jesus Christ. Christ is on the throne. How are you going to get your prayer to Jesus Christ? Come boldly in the throne. You have an intercessor before the Father, which is Jesus Christ, at the throne. Jesus Christ is sitting at the throne. He says, I must go. That the, uh, let me see if I can find that verse. We'll read it real quick. Do do do. Great man, it should be right there. Is it back one? Let's see. Who? 26. No, 26. He, he says, uh, but the comforter, you know, he, he says, I must go, the comforter may come. It's 16. Yep. Verse 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is expedient for you that I go away. 
He's talking to them on this side of the cross. He's talking to a group of men and women on this side of the cross, on, on their side of the cross, the law side of the cross, not the grace side of the cross. Although there's grace on this side, but he's, the law is over here. Nevertheless, I tell you a truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, now this is what his job is. This is what the Holy Spirit's job in your life is to start with. He will reprove the world of sin. You know how you get saved? He tells you you're a sinner. And you hear that thing and all of a sudden that your little spirit inside is dead, but your, your, your conscience starts bothering you. And you sit there, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. I'm going to die. The reason you die is because you're a sinner. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, if he gave his only begotten son, why? That whosoever believeth in him. What do you mean believe in him? I got to believe in him. Believe what? Believe the gospel that Christ died for our sins. Well, I'm a sinner. He died for me. He shed his blood at Calvary. He was buried. He rose again the third day. He came up out of the ground. He's sitting at the right hand of God. And the Holy Spirit is saying, if you don't trust him, I'm going to throw you into hell. That's what the Father says. He's going to convict the world of sin. You know what happens when you get out of sin? Of sin because they believe not on me. You know what's wrong? The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. A lost person is under conviction all the time. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment. So it's sin, righteousness, and judgment because the prince of the world is judged. The Lord's already judged him at Calvary. It was done. When he said it is finished, it is done. It was finished for us. He went to heaven and finished the rest of it. Time hasn't played all the way out, but it's done. Judgment's already happened. As far as Jesus Christ is concerned, Satan has been judged and sin has been judged. And it's going to happen out here a ways, but it's already been judged. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit is here to convict you of your sin. If you're in this room tonight and you're saved, and you go to do something, you say, why, nobody sees me. Oh, believe me, the Lord sees you. The Holy Spirit is the one that's... Put, you ever get your conscience have the prick? You get your conscience pricked? You say, ah, man. But Lord, I just want that. Whatever. And you sit there and say, but nobody sees me. I always hated it, man. I'd just pull into Mike, uh, McDonald's, and I'd use my uh, debit card, and I wouldn't even get out of the parking lot. Ring, ring. What'd you get? What'd you get? I'm like, what do you mean what'd I get? Well, you just went through McDonald's, didn't you? I'm like, do you just sit in front of the PC all day and do nothing but look at your credit card? And, or my credit card? Is that all you do? And she tells me exactly. I don't even, when I, now I got cash in my wallet. Can't tell what I do with cash. So if you're going to live in this world, you need to get some cash, man. No, no. <laughs> that way she can't see it. But I'm telling you what, the whole, and that's not a sin. I don't think it's a sin to eat at McDonald's unless you eat there all the time. Unless you don't have any way to cook at home, then yeah, you should. If you're homeless with a sign, we'll, we'll work for food. Them guys won't eat McDonald's all the time either. But it is the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. John 6, 13. Go down to there. Howbeit, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you. You know where you get the guidance you need? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, thine heart. You start getting over into, into uh, Proverbs, and we'll hit that hopefully in, here in a few minutes. You start getting over there, and what you're going to start seeing is the Holy Spirit guides and directs you. If you don't want the Holy Spirit, that's your choice, man. Your choice. I don't really care. I do care, but... I mean, I can't make you, I can't make anyone. I'm learning that. You would think I'd have learned that a long, long time ago, but I'm, I'm learning it. I can't make anyone do anything. I can tell you how to do it. If you don't want to do it, I learned that on a ship. If you didn't know I was in the Navy, I had a bunch of guys working for me that went through the same schools I went through. They all had the same training. They had everything. You know what I could not do is make them think. You cannot make them think. 
To fix electronics, you have to think. You cannot just go in there and replace, you might as well just replace the whole ship, pull it into uh, a ship used car, used ship parking lot down there and trade it in on a new destroyer and get your new one, go out to sea until it breaks and then trade it in. You can't make someone think. I can't make you think. If you don't want to think, that's your problem. That's not mine. But I'm telling you what, if you're going to get a hold of God, you're going to have to think. Those guys on the ship would sit there and they would force them to do everything and they would not, they would just lock themselves up and everything stayed broke and they wouldn't think. You know what I did? I stopped and started talking to each one of them and trying to figure out what it would take to make them think again. I need them to think. I have to get things fixed because I got bosses that are going to yell at me. I need to get them to think. I took the time to try to figure out what it took to make them start thinking. Once I figured out what each, you know, each person is different. I had 14, 15 texts working for me, and each one of them were different. Each one of them wanted a group of things that if once you satisfied those group of things in their life, which weren't that complicated, they started saying, hey, man, this thing pays off. And then they started enjoying what they were doing again. They joined the Navy to become ETs, not me. They did this. What in the world happened to them? You know what most Christians do? You get saved to serve Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden something comes in life, or some moron gets up here and tries to put you under his thumb, and it, that don't work. You know why? Because you have got to think. When you're out there by yourself, you have got to think. I, don't, I can't blame anybody for my Christianity. Mine is mine. There is nothing that there, I can't blame Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. I can't blame Dr. Donovan. I can't blame Dr. Peacock. I can't blame another person on the face of the planet. I am where I am because that's where I am. Because I chose to be right here. Now, if that's where, if you're in a place that you don't think you should be, and if you think other people are pressuring you because you, then the problem is not them, it's you. You have never satisfied that thing in your heart with the Holy Spirit. The problem here is the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you exactly what the problem is. He teaches you. That's your teacher. And he's going to teach you exactly what God wants you to do. I am so sick of people coming up, Mike, you need to do this. First of all, you are not the Holy Spirit. And you have no right to come up to tell me what to do. Unless you want this job, I will turn it over to you. And we'll, I'll come up to you and tell you what you should do. <laughs> uh, how can a sheep, now here, I'm going to flip this thing completely around. How can you choose a shepherd? Yeah. You can't. <gasps> he just said the abominable thing. <laughs> You're a sheep. <laughs> I'm not, God did not send you to be the shepherd. If you try to be the shepherd, you're going to destroy the thing. If you're not called to do what I'm doing right now, you will destroy it. Churches all over this country falling apart, left and right. You know why? Because somebody is trying to do something they shouldn't be doing. You go in the Old Testament, and a king walks in there. He says, I'm going to make an offering. No, you aren't, king. Get out of here. Next thing you know, the guy's a leper. God says, that ain't your job. You know who made those jobs? The Holy Spirit. David said, take not thy spirit from me. He's right where these guys are. Old Testament. He's got the spirit on him, but not in him. On this side of the cross over here, guess what? When you trust Jesus Christ, you get him in you because he brings yours back to life. Seals you under the day of redemption and you're his. Now, guess what? The walk starts right there. And brethren, you don't know where that thing's going to go. I had no idea 40 years ago, 43 years ago when I started this thing, I had no idea where it was going to lead. I still don't know where it's going to lead. I know where I've been. I know where I'm at. I don't know what the future holds yet. As long as I'm vertical, there's still something else he wants to do. 
And he gets there, it's the Holy Spirit. All through here, the Lord's talking about the Holy Spirit. 13, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He's not going to guide you into a fake thing or a lie. He's not going to de- guide you into a deception. That's the devil. The devil, you know what the devil uses? Friends around you to, to deceive you. Well, it's okay, man. It's just like, I mean, just, let's just go out and run around and do whatever. You know, you don't have to do that, but just, you know, you should abstain from all appearances of evil. You should be away from, you should look at stuff and say, I don't even need to be around that anymore. I gave that stuff up. It's gone. It's not even part of me anymore. Uh, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear. So the Holy Spirit is just going to repeat what the Lord said. He's going to only repeat. Now, does the Holy Spirit know everything? Of course he does. Could the Holy Spirit fulfill the same task as Jesus? Yeah, of course he could. But that's not the way that thing is set up. What it did is the Holy Spirit is going to magnify Jesus Christ, just like at the, the baptism of John or Jesus Christ. The Father was in heaven, the, dove like, or the Spirit like a dove coming down, Jesus in the water, and the Father said, In my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. You know, if you believe that, that was the Holy Spirit that convinced you of that. If you believe the Bible is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit convinced you of the Bible. If a man convinced you that the King James Bible is the Word of God, you'll, you'll trash that thing in a heartbeat. But if God teaches you that thing is the Word, that's the Holy Spirit that bears witness to that book. That's what he did for me, man. I, don't, I, don't, I got three years of Greek. Puke on Greek. I got a year of Hebrew. Puke on Hebrew. I got English. I ain't going to puke on English, but man, that's all I got. And I don't have that too good. Anyway, back to this. He goes, uh, but whatsoever he shall, shall hear, that shall he speak. Uh, middle of 13. And he will show you things that will come. That's where the revelation comes from. He shall glorify me. You read your Bible and you see the tribulation coming. And you see Daniel 70 week getting ready to appear on, our, on, this, on the radar here. It's getting ready to happen. The Antichrist is going to come up and the false prophet and the beast and all that stuff is going to happen. You see that the world says, oh, that ain't going to happen for thousands of years. They don't see, you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit showing you that stuff. If you sit there and stop and say, Lord, show me, show me. He goes on. Uh, verse 14, he shall glorify me. So what's the Holy Spirit going to do? Glorify Jesus Christ. He's going to say, Jesus, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus. going to magnify him. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. How does he do that? Well, go back to 14 or 15. Actually, 14, 26. Christ says this, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So anytime you go through here, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. That means he's going to bring the Holy Ghost into this place, into this world, and he's going to leave, and the Holy Ghost is going to come back. He's given that to you to get you through this thing called life. Without that, what you'll do, some people do really good. Without God, they do good. Some people do bad. I mean, it's all the way. Guess what? Some Christians do good and some do bad. Some Christians get it and some people don't. Some people have this and their lives look like it's miserable. But have you ever met somebody like that and the peace of God passes off? They're just like happy as they can be, like a lark singing. <whistles> and you know their life is in turmoil, falling apart. And yet you look at them and they say, well, you know, the Lord saved me and I'm on my way to heaven. And, and I know this, all this stuff is happening bad, but praise God, hallelujah, man. And you sit there and scratch your head like, how in the world can they be like, what's well, the Holy Spirit in them? When we let this world get in there and start pulling away, what we do is we push the Holy Spirit out of our life, and then all of a sudden we get bitter and angry at everybody. I'm not, I'm not angry at anybody on this planet. I don't hang out with everybody, and I know people do wrong things. I can't make them do right. I know somebody who can. But if they don't want to do right, I can't make them do right. 
So I heard Dr. Rummel one time, I was in class, there's about 100 people, something was going on in the church, really weird, and uh, everybody in the class was talking about it, thought Dr. Rummel was out of his mind, and uh, he stopped the class, and he goes, I guess you guys all think I'm, I don't know what's going on around here, and we were all like, yeah, yeah, that's what we think, that's what I was thinking, I was honest, and he goes, uh, and he, he spilled the, the situation right out in front of the class. I guess, well, I guess he does know what's going on. He goes, let me ask you a question. And he asked about three or four questions. He said, has my preaching changed? I said to myself, no, as a matter of fact, it's still the same way it always has been. Good. I like it. I like it like that. He goes, and are they still coming? I said, yeah. He goes, isn't it better for them to sit in church and get the word of God preached at them than to be out on the streets and not get it? I'm like, I shut my mouth. I said, I shut my thoughts. I will quit judging. I said, Lord, you just said, you just showed me something right there through that old man right there. That he's the pastor of this church and I'm not. And he's the shepherd and I'm not. And he knows what's going on around here and I don't. And the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing him to this body of believers. And it isn't me that he's doing that. I need to submit myself to that man. I'm done. Done, done, done. The Lord removed a burden off me. He said, Mike, one of these days, you're going to be in that same position. But until you're there, every pastor you ever sit under, I submitted myself to Jerry Siler, or Dr. Jerry Siler. Mike, he's my pastor. I put myself right under him. I said, I, I said, you tell me what to do. I'll do whatever you want. He had a scoreboard over there on the wall. And I'm telling you that he bought it at an auction. He's worse than I am. But he went to the Stebbins High School when they redid that whole thing. He bought this school scoreboard. He had it. We stuck it up on the wall. And then he said, make it work. I'm like, I know absolutely nothing. Well, he said, you're an ET, man. Weren't you in the Navy? You're always bragging about being in the Navy. I hate it when people do that to me. You're always bragging about being in the Navy. You said you could fix everything. You said you could do anything. Now, here's a little bitty, teeny, weeny, itty, bitty, bitty, and it's only got a, a wire that goes from this thing up to there. It's only got four wires in it. Surely you can figure out which of the four wires. Yeah, but you didn't tell me about the signals traveling all of them down those four wires, which signals going up down. It took me months to figure that thing out. And then you got these little slidey things that slide in there that change the whole thing when you slide them in. I'm like, you didn't tell me none of that stuff. And you four wires? I finally got that thing working. Why? He's my pastor. He was good. They had a big mission board over there. If you've ever been over there, they changed it here. They put all LED lights in it now. But they had one over there, and they were going to throw it away. That mission board was going to be thrown away when I was over there in uh, 2000, 2000, 2005. And I said, no, 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 don't, brother. I said, I can fix that thing. I can fix it. He said, you can? I said, yes, sir. I said, that's a good mission board. Don't throw it. He still got it over there today. They changed the lights out to LEDs, which are great. But, I mean, the, what it was back there, man, I fixed it for him, and he, he used it all the way up to the time they put LEDs in it, and they're still using it. You know why I did that? He's my pastor. I got involved in what was going on at the church. Why? Because that's my pastor. My kids are there. My wife is there. I am there. That's what God gave me. I'm not there to tell Brother Siler how to run the church. That's his church. I'm there to serve under him. You know what's wrong with a lot of us? You never learn how to serve. You know who teaches to serve? The Holy Spirit. When, when a sheep thinks that they're the pastor, that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. I didn't say you couldn't have an idea. I didn't say you could have a beef and you come up. I think you should come up and say, hey, Mike, I think this is a problem. And if it is, we can sit there and work the thing out. But if you're going to come and you're going to start getting this little pocket off over here, this little pocket off over here, and pull this pocket out, pull that pocket out, that's not God. Never was. And it never will be. That gets back to the sheep. Sheep can't get a pastor. God gives you a pastor. Now you can say, well, that's kind of self-serving, isn't it, Mike? You're telling us what you are. Yeah, I'm telling you what I am. 
because I used to be one of you. And I could go back to being one of you in a heartbeat. If the Lord told me to step down and give it to somebody else, I'd sit in a pew, do whatever the new pastor said to do, if he'd let me stay here. I told Dr. Peacock that this week. I said, I ain't got no other place to go. I said, where am I going to go? My wife's here, my kid's here, my dog's here. I mean, I don't have a dog, but if I had one, it'd be here. I mean, everything I got, my friends are here. Everything I got is here. I don't have no other place to go. My wife ain't going to go. If I go, I got to go by myself. I don't want to go by myself. You know what it says right there? It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall bring, and he shall teach you all things. You know why people don't know anything about the Bible? They know nothing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shows you exactly what you need to get you through every day. And guess what you got to do? You got to read the Bible. If you don't give him any food fodder to work in your little head, then, now see, you're sitting here, I'm telling you, if you're not reading your Bible, you're destroying yourself. Because you're going to have to start making decisions based on what you think you got to make. Lord told me, I, I, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I've been reading my Bible four times. Uh, this year is the first time four times a year. Last couple, four or five years, I've been reading it three time, two times a year. I said, Lord, I'm going to read it four times. He never told me to read it four times a year. He told me to read it two times a year. I tried to get him to talk even to only one time a year. I said, Lord, should I get serious about one time a year? And the Lord said, no, you need to read it twice. I said, but I'm not even getting the one time through. I hate it when people say, well, I read Psalms and Proverbs, and I read Job, Job. I read the book of Job, and I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they think that's reading the Bible through the year. I'll ask them, do you ever read your Bible? Oh, yeah, I'll read it all the way through. Well, I don't read Ecclesiastes. No, I don't read 1 Chronicles or 2 Chronicles. That's just a bunch of names. You don't need that. I'm like, who said you don't need that? Who said that? That's you saying that. That's not the Holy Spirit. So you put this thing in your head. I said, Lord, okay, here's the deal. I said, I'm going to start reading it four times a year. Lord didn't say, you, that's a good thing. You, that's, no, no, I figured if the Lord told me I should do it twice, then maybe I should just double that on my own and do it four times a year. Because if I can get four times the information in my, in my head and it stores it, that gives the Holy Spirit four times the, the amount of information that it can draw off of to God direct me through this world. You cannot guide your steps. You cannot do it. You can try it all day long. And you may get through this world looking good or think you, by the world standards that you look good. I'll shut up right here because it's 8 to 1. You may think you look good. But when you stand before God, God's going to say, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to say, you had a chance to do it. And you had a guy sitting there telling you exactly how to do it. I'm telling you, the Bible is the key to this whole thing. Uh, Luke, Luke 24, it's always about Jesus. Luke 24, and in the Old Testament, real quick, let's look at a couple things here and I'll shut up. When I say Old Testament, that's Luke 24. Well, actually, Luke 24 ain't, ain't Old Testament right here where we're at. Luke 24, Jesus has already died on the cross. He's already rose from the grave and is a perfect example of the Holy Spirit right here. Except Jesus hasn't gone yet, so Jesus is fulfilling the part that the Holy Spirit will fulfill in our lives here. Luke 24, 25. He's talking to the two on the road to Emmaus. Uh, and certain, verse 24, and certain, we'll stop right here. And certain of them which were uh, went. Uh, were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. They said he's not there. Uh, but him they saw not. 
Then he said unto them, O fools. So he's talking to these two, and they're walking down. If you go back and read the rest of the story, and, and uh, verse 19 says, what things? And, and he, he sits there and he goes on back in uh, 15, 16. It's, it's those two on the road to Emmaus. And he says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded of them in, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village. So Jesus Christ at this point right here has died, has rose again from the grave. He, he has already went to heaven and made the offering. He's back down here. He hasn't ascended in Acts chapter 1 yet. So right here, he's acting just like the Holy Spirit's going to act. He's going to use what is available to you to get you to understand. He did not make anything up. He said right here, he says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. You know what you need to do? You need to read your Old Testament. And you need to get that thing in your head. Why? Because you never can tell when the Holy Spirit's going to say, well, you remember what Moses said right here? You remember what... How about Isaiah said this? Elijah said that. Samuel said this. You want a king? Boy, I tell you what, that's a great thing. Samuel says, he says, Lord, he goes, Lord says, now nah, make him a king. They haven't rejected you. They rejected me. You know what they did at Samuel? They rejected God, the Father. Then they hanged Jesus Christ on the cross. You read your Bible, they hung him on the cross. They rejected God, the Son. But they haven't rejected the Trinity. Because I don't believe in the Trinity. Fine, be a moron. Stephen's over there and he gets ready to get stoned and he goes looking up to heaven and they see him full of the Holy Ghost. They rejected the Spirit of God right there. They rejected the entire Trinity right there when they stoned Stephen and God said, I'm done with them right now. I'm coming back in the tribulation 2,000 years from now and I'm going to work on their heads again. But until then, the church age starts, I'm going to go out and get me some Gentiles or whoever wants to get saved and that's where we're at. You sit here and look at this whole thing and he starts talking to them and he's, he's using the Scripture to teach them. Brethren, if the scripture wasn't in their head, they wouldn't even know what he's talking about. Well, Moses said, well, who's Moses? Don't you, you talk to people, who's this? What's that? Do you ever hear the story of Noah's Ark? Oh, yeah, Noah, you've got the little animals on the ark and they all float and it's all in the nursery. Billions of people got killed right there. You're talking about a massacre, man. The whole planet died. There was dead bodies floating everywhere. Sharks were eating them up. And maggots were eating. I mean, there were no maggots. They were dead too. Uh, fish, shrimp were eating them. You, people say, well, I like shrimp. You know, shrimp eat anything that's on, on the crustaceans on the bottom, man. They eat anything down there. Somehow, God had to get rid of billions of bodies in that year. And that was all your little crustacean stuff all over the ocean eating them up. You say, wait a minute, what? Well, Noah's Ark, but that's a bunch of little animals getting on a boat. And it's like our nursery scene. You go read that thing again, the Holy Spirit shows you I killed them dead. Because they didn't believe me. You know who believed them? A moose. A moose, man. A moose believed God. And, and when you get to heaven and you get compared to a moose, <laughs> brethren, we're in, we're, in, we're in bad shape, man. I'll tell you, we're in bad shape. You know what it is? The Holy Spirit, God's given us a gift. The greatest gift, and it's abused Oh, it's just drastically abused. Either we set it off to the side and refuse to let him in our lives and God and direct us like he wants to, or we overshoot that thing, and then we say we got to flop off. I was over at Cornerstone one day. It's like, I said, shut up, I'm lying. She came down here. She fell all over the floor, flopping everywhere, man. Now, Brother Siler don't get into the tongues and all that other stuff, so I, I like him. He's, he's, pretty, he's pretty secure on some of that stuff. And I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm sitting about where Beth is maybe a few, few pews back, 
And she's flopping all over the place, and he's up here like, la da 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 He's teaching, and he's preaching, and whatever he's doing. She's flopping, and he's preaching. I have a figure, man, send a medic down there or something, man. And what happened is she got into some charismatic church and thinks she can walk in any church and do that, and he didn't pay one bit of attention to her. And I was like, that's cool, man. I mean, no distraction. Just keep preaching the gospel. She got up, went back to her seat. You know what that was? That was fake and phony. I, was, I told y'all the story. I'm, I am done. I'll close my Bible, really. I proved it. Watch this. I'm going to close it right here. Kind of, maybe. There, I did close it, but I'm opening it back up. Doug, or Mike Benoit, French, had stinky feet. His feet stank. I mean, they, they were rotten off his body. And he went to a faith healing place when I'd get his feet healed. I mean, I hadn't been in church yet. This is before me getting into church. This is before I even got back to my King James Bible's Word of God. I was still using the New American Standard at the time. And I'm sitting there going, I got to go see this, man. So I go with him to church. And I go in there, and they're up here, and they're hitting people in the head, and they're falling over backwards. And, and I'm like, what is that? I didn't go down there because that looks stupid. That looked weird, weird, weird. Mike goes down there, and they hit him in the head, and he falls down. I don't know whether they hit him with a hammer or whatever, but he knocks, he falls down the floor, he flops all over the place. He gets up, and his feet still stank. I was his roommate, man. I, his feet stank, man. I mean, they wanted, you open up the window, you want to throw up outside. Uh, his feet did not get healed. So whatever happened to him wasn't real. You know, I've watched the Lord do stuff in my life over the last, oh man, 43 years. And it's real. And it's not because somebody else did something. It's, it's, it's because the Lord did something in my heart. And then what he did is he started giving me an understanding. He goes, Mike, I had to go, and I sent the Holy Spirit back to you. And it isn't that I'm trying to take everything out of your life. I'm trying to show you that all this stuff in your life hinders you from getting to me. And the Holy Spirit is going to try to warn you what you need to do. And, and you got to watch that sometimes. you gotta, you got to watch because the world will come in and say, well, if you were, if you were a Christian, you would do. No, i got a Bible right here. And I got the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God tells me to do one thing. He'll tell you to do something else. And uh, so many times people will try to get somebody else to do what they should be doing. We should have a nursing home ministry. We got vans out there. We should have busing. We should have visitation all around here. Anybody going to do the visitation? Oh, pastor, you should do that. Oh, yeah, and, and the parking lot, and the building, and the lights, and visit everybody in the hospital, and do this, do this, do this. Do, this. do I get to sleep ever? Or eat, eat, eat. I probably eat too much anyways. That's eating McDonald's. That's what's causing this. But you know what the problem is? You're not listening to the Holy Spirit tell you what to do. And you think the church is always somebody else is going to do it. You know what Paul said? Lord, what will thou have me to do? And then you do it. That's where the Spirit of God starts moving in your life. He's not going to move in your life from me to you. I'm going to say some things and show you what to do. But it's like those guys on the ship. They all had the same training. They had the same abilities. Tom Freeman got a medal. I got a medal on my chest one time for Tom Freeman. Admiral, I cheated a little bit. I told you all that story. I went down the road. Uh, every ship in the fleet was failing. Every ship, every ship, not one. 480 of them suckers all were failing this test. But they weren't telling what the test was until you failed it. But I had friends in high-low places. So I go three ships down. My test is three weeks from now. And the Lord does everything. He's brilliant how he does it. I get out of the Navy all mad. I go in the shipyard overhauling aircraft carriers. 
So I go down there and talk to the guy. He's in all the Naval X engineers. I said, hey, guys, what are you all looking for, man? I mean, why is everybody failing this thing? He goes, Mike, it's HF. Nobody can make HF work. They're, they think it's old. They think, they, think, <laughs> they think the rotary phone isn't useful anymore. So they push that thing off the side, and they got this. But you let your cell tires go down, and you'll wish you had a rotary phone. Or walkie-talkie. <laughs> we were out at the camp. Walkie-talkie's the only thing you can talk with, man. Cell phone didn't work out there because there ain't no little cell towers all over the place. All the little kids, they ain't tucked my phones away. They should have gave them back. They wouldn't work anyways. There's no cell towers out there. Yeah. Anybody there? Anybody there? The, the eagle has landed. And I'm sitting there going on a ship. I said, oh, is that it? That it? HF? Really? That's what I just did. I got out of the Navy for six months. I was working in the shipyards. I overhauled uh, comm suites. HF was one of my primary things, man. I used to all, all depot level them things, man. I make them like brand new. I said, I'm not the HF tech, but I got one on the Tom Freeman. Tom's sitting there like this. He's one of those techs that, that I, I sit down, and, and, I, and Tom started coming around, was doing really, really good. And I sit him down. I said, Tom, here's what we got to do. I said, I want you to take your HF transmitters. And I took him in the test equipment room, and I showed him this equipment. He goes, what is all this stuff? It always sits there. Nobody ever, never ever used that. I said, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's why everybody's failing. So we take all this stuff off. And I just learned all this stuff working on a ship. And I took it in there and showed Tom how to use it. Tom did exactly what I told him to do. Exactly what I told him to do. The admiral come on board. Three weeks later, he came on board with a whole group of people that's going to check our whole ship out. He, was, he went right to HF. Because if you fail HF, the test is over. It's no use even looking at anything else. You failed. That's all he cared about. I'm going to go on there, spend 15 minutes. You're going to fail. I'm off the ship. We spend the rest of the week doing whatever we want to. Next week, we'll do another ship. They'll fail too, and we'll keep doing the same thing. We passed. It freaked them out. They took me right to the captain, took my bosses all to the captain, took everybody to the captain, and the admiral looked at my old six and said, you got the best ETs in the fleet. You're the only one that passed this test. 480 ships. We were the only one that passed. That was God. You know what that was? I listened to God. He said, go down and ask him. Well, you have not because you asked not. And when you asked, you asked him this. I didn't ask to cheat. I, just, I still had to go back and fix it. And I still had to get Tom. They gave me a medal, man. I got a Navy commendation for that. You say, what? All I did was Tom got one too. But I mean, we both did it. You know what that is? That's, listen, the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. If Tom did not do what I told him to do, we'd have failed that test. Tom did exactly what I told him. You know what that did in Tom's eyes? He goes, man, Mike really knows what he did. No, I don't know what. It just happened. Wow, what a fluke, man, that I would get out of the Navy mad. The Lord, I'm not even an HF tech until I got out of the Navy. And the Lord runs me through that shipyard working on HF transmitters and transceivers and couplers and UHF and VHF and all that stuff. And when I go back on the ship, I got Tom sitting there, and he's an HF tech, and I show him what to do. That guy did it ten times better than I would. But he listened. You know what the Holy Spirit wants you to do is listen. Not to me, to him. But the only way you're going to get that is right there. You got it somewhere in your life. I made a deal with the Lord. And I, I fail on that every now and then. He catches me. Uh, every now and then, uh, you know, my, I, I've re readjusted my Bible reading because sometimes I'll read to the end of the book in my chart and I'm supposed to read a couple more chapters into the next book. Like if I read Chronicles, First Chronicles, the last chapter, uh, there may be in my daily reading one or two 
chapters of 2 Chronicles I'm supposed to read, but I don't see that, so I don't do it until the next day. I'm going, oh, God, I sinned, I sinned. He goes, yeah, but you didn't know you did it, so I'm going to forgive you. So go back and read it, get caught up, and let's move on. I do that from time to time, not all the time, but I made a deal with him. I'm not going to get behind the pulpit if I'm behind in my Bible reading. That's four times a year. I don't know what he's going to bring out, ever. You all probably say, yeah, that's true. Man, there's some really strange stuff that comes out of your mouth. I don't have no idea what he's going to bring out. I don't, but if it's not in there, he can't do it. He can't do it. If you think I have to do it to be of value, you're doing it. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. And the relationship between you and God. The Holy Spirit wants to show you all kinds of stuff. But the only way he can show you is you in that book. That is a King James 1611 authorized version. That's the word of God. And it isn't because we got the Texas Receptus. Puke on the Texas Receptus. Puke on the Nestle Islands Greek text. Puke on all that stuff. This right here, God put his hand. Did God, can God, here's the question. Can God make a book? Yes, he made a universe. He could do it real, real Can you make me a little sun about that big? Just that big. I mean, a fusion sun about that big that we could stick back here and it like heat the whole room up. That, that'd be cool, man. If you could do that, like the whole thing, we would need light bulbs or nothing. You know, I've never met anybody make a sun. I've never met, met anybody make a moon. I've never met anybody who could, I know a lot of people who say we've never been to the moon, but it, I, it's right out there in space all the time. It gets bigger and blind a little and half, this, that, and the other. But I'm telling you, brother, you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. But the only way he can work in your life is you have that book in your life. It isn't coming to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. That's good, because you hear stuff like this. But if you don't put that book in your life, you will never change. And you will always make the same mistakes, and you will always try to blame somebody. Here's what your lips, what your lips. Listen to yourself. Are you blaming everybody else for your stupidity, <laughs> or are you taking the blame yourself and then saying, how do I solve that? i got to read more. I don't know if I want to get like Dr. Gipp and read eight, but it may come to that. It may just come to that. And if it does, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read it eight times. Why? Because I, you never learn. It. If you spend two hours, 45 minutes a day will get me through my Bible four times a year. 45 minutes. You, you spend that much time in front of a stupid boot tube, one-eyed monster in your living room. Or the radio going down the road listening to Ru no, Rush Sean Hannity. I bet you a lot of y'all listen to Sean Hannity from three to six. That's three hours. I think it's three. Three. Forty-five minutes of that three would get you through your Bible, which is a lot smarter than Sean Hannity ever will be. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for a book, Lord, that will show us exactly what to do and how to live our lives. Lord, help us to see the value of what you've given us, not just in a Bible, but, Lord, you gave us the comforter, which is going to teach us through this book. Lord, you said you would not leave us comfortless. Uh, you, you said you must go that the comforter may come. And, Lord, he's going to teach us all things. And it's going to lift you up and enable us to see you on high like we're supposed to see, Lord. He's always going to magnify you, never himself. Well, these churches out here who magnify uh, the Holy Spirit in their church, and it's all the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you, the Holy Spirit never does that. 
Uh, it sounded like that up to the time I got to here tonight, Lord, that that's the way I was headed, but that's not the way I'm headed. The Holy Spirit is going to lift our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ up on high and always magnify him in, in our eyes and in the world's eyes. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to see the value of what we need to do. Put it in our hearts, Lord, to, to read this book more and more. Find time, Lord, to throw the other stuff out of our lives that don't need to be there and spend our time in this book. At least, at least make it equal, Lord. But again, thank you for tonight. Bless the prayer service, and Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.